0: Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On today's Something to Talk About episode, we're finishing up Luke chapter 4 by talking about some of the miracles Jesus performed, from healing the sick to casting out demons, but how his ultimate mission was to continue to move on and spread the word of God to as many people as possible. We'll talk more about that in the conversation today. So thanks for listening.
1: Well, as we were talking about uh, and there's something to think about. Jesus is now moving on to Capernaum, and there's kind of a big contrast between what he experiences in his hometown of Nazareth, where they um, are amazed by his talent, and they're interested in his performance, and then uh, when he says there's something deeper and points out that maybe it's not about them being special, but about their receiving the gospel, Um He gets run out of town. They try to kill him. Uh, And then he goes down to Capernaum, which is also a fulfillment of Scripture. Uh, He goes down. It's a town in Galilee. Matthew gives us some insight on that in Matthew 4. Uh, And this appears to be the, the hometown of Peter and James and John and Andrew, of course, Peter's brother. So as he's been doing things in Capernaum, these guys would have already known about him. They're they're seeing what's going on. Now he's going down there more permanently. This is going to become his headquarters. And uh, the contrast between Nazareth, uh, where he belongs, these are the people that, these are his people, and he's rejected by his own, he's sent to his own, and his own received him not, as John said. Uh, but then, now he goes to Capernaum, in the same region, but not his people, so to speak, and does what he couldn't or wouldn't do in Nazareth as they rejected his message. They liked his talent rejected his message. Uh, they want to kill him. He gets to Capernaum and they end up begging him to stay as he demonstrates his authority over demons and and sickness and essentially shows that there's no realm of our existence that Jesus isn't Lord over.
0: So, but he also gives the message there of, of- you
1: know. Yes, everywhere Jesus goes. In fact, it, it um, points out that he's going through and he's teaching the people. And so every time Jesus is teaching the people, his message is the same. Repent. The, the Lord is near. Turn to uh, turn to God. Turn from your wickedness. Salvation is here for everyone. And that that message doesn't change.
0: And they accept it at Capernaus.
1: Uh They appear to. At least they don't run him out of town, <laughs> and they want him to stay and keep teaching. So right. some obviously are receiving it uh, perhaps not everybody but right. he's he receives enough of a welcome in Capernaum that they want him to stay and he says look I was sent to send the message to everybody I got to go out and take this to the other cities uh, and it still remains his base of operations if I can use that term throughout his ministry where he goes and does his stuff but then he comes back to C- Capernaum as kind of the, the central sending place um, and even here, though, you know, he's doing the same thing. This is a week later. He's back in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Different synagogue, different town. But he's back in there on the Sabbath, and he's teaching. Uh, and once again, we see this this repeated uh, terminology that they're amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. We'll see that again uh, after he casts out the demon um, in, where is it? Verse thirty six. Um, all the people were amazed and said to each other, "What words are these, or what message is this with authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out so they they're not just astonished at his uh, his grace and his eloquence i 'm sure they are, but they're astonished because there's something bigger something deeper there's a there's a message here that isn't just um, inspirational it 's not just feel good stuff but there's an authority and a power to it." that even the demons flee when Jesus speaks.
0: And I think that's something that we, we can have a hard time with because, I mean, I, I ain't never seen a demon flee from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but if you did, I mean, how can you ignore that and say, whoa, what does this guy have to say? And right. I think that's what they did. Who is this that can cast out cast out demons from people?
1: Right. And so as Jesus is dealing with this situation, you know, the demons know who he is. Right. And so we see it here, saying, we see You're it the later son of God. too. You're right, the they come God. out and he doesn't, it's interesting, it always intrigues me when Jesus tells them to be quiet. He's not interested in their testimony. He doesn't want hell bearing testimony for heaven right uh and while they know the fact that satan is using this statement is not because he's trying to declare the glory of god but it would appear to diminish that by establishing some sort of an association uh sure, yeah. it's like you know if capone can uh insinuate that this good cop is actually a dirty cop and as part mm-hmm. of our organization we have a relationship here that seems to be kind of what Satan is doing is, hey, let's let's associate Jesus with the demons. And we see that later on. He's accused of driving out demons by the power of Beelzebub. Oh. And Jesus says, wait.
0: Not today, Satan. Right.
1: Yeah. They're on the, <laughs> they're on the other team. Why right. would Satan drive out himself? Right. That's not how this works. And Man, so when Satan the,
0: doesn't quit, does he? <laughs> no. And, well, and
1: that's a pretty good lesson for us too. He doesn't miss a trick. Right. So if there's a way that he can take something good. that is good right. and godly and God honoring, and it. subtly twist it so that it appears to be that but isn't, then he's going to jump on that. If he can take something that appears to be logical and use our own understanding to get us to not lean on God's truth but to lean on our own understanding. Then wow, that—that's a you know, as as we know, I was down at uh, the Creation Museum, and uh, one of the things that that is really awesome to me is how much science is involved. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know we have Fairy the stereotype right, of Christians who just reject science. That's not it at all. This is all based on science. Science is a good and wonderful discipline that God created. It it is the description of what happens in reality in mm-hmm. the physical realm. Well, God created that. So as Christians, obviously, the more questions we can ask, the deeper we can go, the more we find God. It all points to him. If Satan can get us to believe that there's a discrepancy between science and what we believe, then he takes that good thing in the observation of the physical realm and subtly twists it. To, to get us to believe that there's something wrong.
0: He's done a lot of work there.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and it's and not even just that, just in our, in our everyday thinking. Right. You know, We've dealt a lot recently with fear and doubt and worry. And those things, one of the things that, that becomes really clear as we walk through life is that the danger is real. The, okay. the threats are real. Mm-hmm. What Satan does is try to take those threats and lie to us to believe that we have a reason to be afraid of them. Just because the danger and the threat is real doesn't mean we need to be afraid. If we're walking with God, if, if we're being carried by the Father, then there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of, no matter how real the threat might actually be. So the devil is a lion, but he's a caged lion. He's on a leash. There's only so far that, that he can go. And as we're dealing with the thoughts that enter into our minds uh, and, and the various things that we might fear man, we can look at exactly what happened in Nazareth when they were ready to throw him off the cliff. Mm -hmm. Jesus just walks right through the the crowd. Not the cloud, the crowd. (laughs) That's later. He he does that (laughs) later. Uh, But because it wasn't his time, and God's going to protect his own. We see that throughout his ministry that there are lots of opportunities where the devil tries to take him out, tries to eliminate the message throughout history we 've seen that the, you know, the devil has tried to destroy the scriptures to undermine the authority of scriptures to destroy the very presence of the Bible, but God has always preserved and protected his word, preserved and protected his people. The church has been attacked and persecuted throughout all all the ages since its inception. And we see, whether it's Rome or North Korea today, uh, we see that the enemy is working hard to stomp out the church, to eliminate God's people. But he can't because we belong to God, and until it's time, God has his hand on us.
0: But that's not to say that, that we shouldn't be on our toes. Because, I mean, in, in this passage in particular, if Jesus would have just let the demons go and right. you know proclaiming what they were proclaiming, like you said, it's a trick. That's right. And you, like you said, Satan doesn't miss a beat, doesn't miss a trick. So it's not like we can just sit back with our <coughs> hands behind our head and say, ah, oh, everything is going to be great. We have to constantly be aware of Absolutely. These, this trickery. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we are in a battle. And so with, if we're in battle, any soldier in battle knows that they have to be vigilant. They have to be you know, geared up, uh, wearing their appropriate uh, battle garments and Paul tells us that same thing, that we need to be armed for battle. We need to put on the full armor of God, and God expects that from us. He will protect us. He stays with us, but if we're going to just lay back and lounge around in the middle of a battle zone, then we're going to take some casualties. We're mm-hmm. going to have that uh, negative experience. Where the devil gets in here is to do that just that, to to get that, that swinging pendulum in subtle twists to go from... There is no Son of God to I'm going to associate the Son of God with me. Right. You're you're not. I'm going to he goes to Nazareth and gets them to believe. No, no, no. We're going to have hard hearts. We're not going to accept your message. He tries to to take him out in the wilderness by getting him to uh, take a shortcut to God's uh, planned road for him. And then here he goes the other direction. Let's associate the Son of God right. with the demons. You think that would
0: discredit the devil? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yet it keeps on working right. he 's used the same basic strategies throughout all of history just little subtle twists it's He works in propaganda more than he works in in flat out warfare. Mm-hmm. you know when we look at, at whether it 's uh you know the nazis attack on on England. One of the biggest things that they did was not just the the firebombs and different things that they did to destroy, but the propaganda that they kept pumping in. They were very conscious of the fact that if we can get the, the hearts and minds of the people to turn, then they won't resist us. Well, we need to have sound minds and guarded hearts in order to resist the devil. And James 4, 7 tells us that if we submit to God and resist the devil, the devil flees. We see that here. Here's here's a, a demon tormenting a person uh, who has, whether it's a possession or oppression, a, a, I, w- I would interpret this as a, a demonic possession,
0: mm-hmm.
1: here actually in the synagogue, in the church, if you will. And so while he's gathered there, this i don't know if this demon is this demonized man is regularly there or if he's just there in this particular scene but for whatever reason he's there in the synagogue why why would he be doing that the devil looks to disrupt god's people to to uh disrupt worship to disrupt relationships to wreck the church still does that today but when christ is present the demons tremble so now this same demoniac who's not not disturbed by the presence of others, is absolutely shaken by the presence of Christ. And before Jesus does anything to him, the demon's going nuts. Mm-hmm. Satan scrambles, hey, I know who you are, mm-hmm. basically trying to make this connection here. And Jesus is shut up, get out. And that's it. There's no struggle. There's no drama. You're done here. And I think that's one of the contrasts that we see between uh, the... I, I guess maybe I'm being too sweeping when I say this. The charlatans who um, make healing and deliverance ministries this big showcase. Jesus Tapping subjects. The the, well, you know, Jesus subjects this to the Word of God. His. We see him in verses thirty-one to forty-four. He, he casts out the demon. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. The people are, are amazed by this, obviously. So they bring everybody that they can right. after sundown on the Sabbath. They're bringing everybody in to get healed. He heals them, but the point of his ministry is always the word of God. And that's, the message matters more than the deliverance and the healing. The message is what brings the real deliverance and the real healing, not the temporary physical stuff. Yes, you had a disease. Now it's gone. You still have a soul disease you got to deal with. Yes, the demon's gone. So that's great. However, all we did is clean house if you don't fill that house with the spirit of God. So now Jesus... Uh, tells them the reason I have to go is because everybody else needs the word they're begging him to stay but the message matters more than the drama of these other things so everything he does here he's totally chill about it right. there's no smoke and you know light show <laughs> and all this kind of stuff it's not you know put your hand on the television and send me money he, he makes his point and it's the word of God always back to the word of God.
0: and then the idea is he's moving on and the message needs to be within us to share and spread.
1: Right, absolutely. I
0: mean, how can you not, when you see these things, instead of just saying, oh, stay here, you're obviously going to tell people about that.
1: Right. And so, you know, he does that uh, with with individuals right? for a variety of reasons that we'll get to in another passage when, when we see that come up. But with the demons in particular, it's... I do not want the message of heaven associated with demons and, right. and shuts that down.
0: What can we assume that that looks like? I mean, casting out a demon from somebody, I, I I guess I'm just trying to get a mental image of that. Is it a physical, like you can see a demon escaping yeah, it, it this person? It can be. I've,
1: I've only been uh, directly involved in that uh, once once specifically and uh, other times when we've prayed against it, but there it was only one time when uh, we were dealing with a, Specific oppression, and it's it's important for us to recognize that the the spiritual battle that we're dealing with is not um, it's not a conceptual theoretical thing. This mm-hmm. is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, angels and demons are real, mm-hmm. without any question. Um, and most of the time, it's less dramatic than we make it out to be.
0: It's not, you know, it's The Exorcist,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, you know, Hollywood has played it up in a lot of different ways. Um, and demons are not afraid of. Magical incantations, or you know, hold up a cross like a vampire, or you know, throw holy water and stuff. Demons are afraid of the authority of Christ. Those who wield the authority of Christ, because they are in Christ, also have authority over demons. Not on their own, but delegated authority. Right. And so uh, we see that throughout the Gospels. We'll see it later in Mark. We'll see it. We see it in Matthew as he sends them out. Uh, we see it in the Book of Acts. So. And Jesus tells them, don't, don't rejoice that you have power over demons. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Mm-hmm. This is the point. When you're in Christ and your name is in the book of life, then you, are, you outrank these demons. They're a higher class of creation, but your rank is higher because you are in Christ. Therefore, you bear his rank and you have this delegated authority. Okay. Whew.
0: I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> All right.
1: Sounds good. We'll pick it up again.
0: All right. And once again, um, we'll get in deeper on this on, on Sunday for sure. And uh, we hope you listen then for a little more on this because Jesus is doing some work. He is indeed. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next time.